0: It's about that time for the inside trim. You know that nasty trip. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. If you're about to get inside trip and we're back what's up wrestling fans oh what's happening wrestling fans we are definitely back this is episode number 22 of the inside trip wrestling podcast you know me i'm brandon and to the pleasure of everyone else i am joined here alongside my main partner ben what up what up what up oh what's up ben how you doing bro
1: it's glorious, baby. It's Easter Sunday. So, uh, happy Easter to you and happy Easter, excuse me, to all our listeners that celebrate Easter.
0: Yeah. Happy Easter to you, too, as well. Yeah, man. And happy birthday. Thank you. We got Thank a late
1: you. birthday. You, uh, turned, what, 37 on Thursday, last Thursday?
0: You got it. Man, I'm how old, old are you old, feeling? Man. I'm feeling pretty good. Actually, after last night, I'm feeling pretty rough today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go a
1: little drink. Yeah. We went out, um, had some nice dinner. It was great. Yep. Then, then I, then I was the responsible adult and went home. And a brand, it sounds like Brandon went out and, uh, you know, had a couple more cocktails. Is that, am I right to say that?
0: Yeah, we went out. We, well, yeah, we we stayed out a little, a little too late past our bedtime.
1: Ah, uh, such for a thirty-seven-year-old. I know. So what's going on, dude? It's been a while since we've uh, sat down and actually done a podcast, a bullshit back and forth banter podcast.
0: Yeah, we apologize to everybody. We got we got nobody to bring to you this week, so unfortunately, you're going to have to sit through for about forty-five minutes to an hour of. Uh, Ben and myself just uh, bantering back and forth like old times. Talking
1: wrestling, baby. No, I, you know what? I loved those interviews. I thought that it was so fun to do the Catching Up With series. Because, as we indicated, every wrestler has a story to tell. And we really just enjoyed listening to the stories of wrestlers of all different uh, success levels. Mm-hmm. wrestling Wrestlers from different areas of the country. Wrestlers that were different success Coming into college, which I think was neat, you know, we yep. had the wrestlers that were big-time recruits. We had the wrestlers yep. that were nobodies. And to hear all their stories, and I particularly liked talking to those wrestlers about their thought, and, uh, thought process in the blood round. Because to me, that's always something that's interesting As we sit up there as fans, right, and, and watch, um, man, what's going through that guy's mind in the blood round? Uh, so it was really neat to hear that from uh, a couple different wrestlers. And we also got to talk with Julia Salata, a uh, couple-time university world champ. And uh, she, you know, talked to us about you know the growth of women's wrestling. University nationals champion. Excuse, excuse me. Uni- was she not university world or university world uh, medalist? Medalist, yeah, yeah right. medalist. Sorry, Julia. Um, yeah, and we got to talk to her about the growth of uh,
0: women's wrestling, women's
1: wrestling as well. So those interviews were awesome.
0: Yeah, I had a good time doing them. Um, and hopefully we'll get to do more in the future. I think we got some uh, some things kind of brewing in the background that we're trying to to bring to 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 our listeners here in the future, but. Um, alas this week It's just you and I uh, Doing a little bullshitting About wrestling Something we love to do uh, Before we do that Let's go ahead and finish up With the uh, the little uh, The business side of things As we said This is episode number 22 You can yeah. find our podcast At all your typical podcast locations Stitcher Spreaker SoundCloud iTunes Google Play All that great stuff Please, please, please hit us up on Twitter at The Inside Trip 1. If you want to follow Ben directly, it's at Ball Law. Myself is at Brando413. And we do have this little Facebook page that we try to keep updated every once in a while. Find it. It's The Inside Trip. Like it. Follow it. Whatever Facebook does. I don't know. Poke Poke it. it. Bop it. Bop it. it. (laughs) Squeeze it. Push it good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Smooth baby 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 get up on it. Salt and pepper. Get up on it. Uh, push it real good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't and I'm speechless. Your dog like. My dog like I think you're, you're scaring my dog Max. He's we, in the podcast room today. We
1: got a guest. We got a guest, Maximus in the podcast room.
0: Yeah, you're scaring him.
1: So if you hear anything, it's probably Max.
0: Alright, did I forget any of the, the stuff the 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 Follow this. Email
1: us at uh, Maximus. Email at us at the Inside Trip One at Gmail dot com.
0: There you go. Sounds perfect. So, man, I feel like a lot's been going on in the wrestling world we haven't had a chance to talk about lately. What do you? Let's just start with some of these coaching changes.
1: All right, let's talk about them because you're right. That's the one thing that we've missed is we haven't been able to, you know, particularly talk about a ton of wrestling stuff um, and bringing you these hot takes about. How about Pitt? for example? You want to go Pit
0: first? <laughs> we can go Pit. Can I just say, like. Has anybody has anybody ma- made a more embarrassing situation of a coaching search outside of the Cleveland Browns?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know you were going to say that. Look, but, I'm but, a
0: diehard Browns fan, but yeah. I even think Pitt bungled this coaching search more than, more than the Cleveland Browns' front office has ever bungled anything.
1: You say they bungled it, but I think they end up with the right coach, to be honest with you. Um, do I think they could have handled it better? Absolutely they could have handled it better because they shouldn't – this national national coaching search, I can't remember another coaching search that had this much media play around it. I can't believe the athletic the athletic department at Pitt didn't play this a little closer to the vest. Are you kidding me giving, them, giving out all of the names of the people they're interviewing, dollar signs that they're going to be offering? And maybe that's just good um, good journalism from the wrestling community to be able to find out that information, but – Geez, we knew every step of the way, to the hour. Hey, uh, Bono's going to be interviewed at this time. And then three hours later, Bono rejected the job. No, we don't normally hear that stuff. We normally, it's in the back scenes, right? And then all of a sudden, oh, so uh, Gavin is announced, uh, Keith Gavin, right? Yeah. He's announced uh, Pittsburgh Heads coach. Right. So we don't know if, like, look, I don't think it happened perfectly, but there's probably been other coaching searches where they didn't get their first or second or third choice. But that shit didn't just play out in the media like it did today
0: dude i i don't know i'm just how's the official statement from the university go on this like when they're announcing gavin as the head coach (laughs) we're really excited today to announce the uh, new head coach of pittsburgh university wrestling blah 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 Uh, keith gavin i mean he was our number number five five choice choice all along and we're thrilled that we can get him (laughs) i
1: mean you're 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 right and i think that makes it that makes it look like a bungle right so
0: So just based on what we've read, okay, so it goes down like this. Um, They didn't have an athletic director, okay? So before that new athletic director gets hired, apparently all things, all signs point towards that it was a done deal locked up with Santoro. Santoro was going to leave Lehigh, go to Pitt, take over the head coaching job, all right? Apparently a contract was already drafted up, Pretty much everything was drafted up. All they needed to do was get the signatures on the line. All right, so they hire this new athletic director, athletic director with former ties to Ohio State. Obviously, you know she was the one that helped hire Tom Ryan. So she gets there, and uh, something inside of her there's uh, you know some rationale. She she thinks that she's able to lure Lou Roselli away from Oklahoma after one year. So, you know, based on what we've read, did you say that her and Lou had a. A good relationship yeah, from Ohio State. exactly. That's what I'm, I said. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here for talking to you. we not listening.
1: I was trying to get some info from one of my buddies, so I was texting him about our podcast. So it wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to be rude. I was trying to figure out whether um, Adeline Gray was wrestling
0: this year. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. So, you know, Santoro's in there for 10 minutes. She leaves the room, yeah. goes and calls Lou. Lou, come to, come to pit. Lou's like, no. All right. Well, I don't know if Lou's exactly like, no. Well, I mean, he's not going there, so he said no. Correct, but I mean, I, my guess is that he's probably mulled it over. Okay, so are we are going to argue over semantics right now? No. Okay, ultimately he said no. So goes back in there, Santora says, you know what? I'm done. All right, I'm done. I'm going back to Lehigh where I'm wanted for the most part. Okay? Well, I also so, heard that Lehigh was making a – they they put some money on the table. Okay, you know? so, so I'm going back to Lehigh where I'm wanted, obviously. Yeah. All right? So um, So then it's like, all right. Tim Flynn. That's our guy. You know, we've, we've been wanting Flynn all along. Yeah, so,
1: Flynn's, Flynn's our number one guy. Yeah,
0: Flynn's our number one guy. <laughs> calls up Flynn. All right. It's basically – Tim uh, Flynn,
1: coach of Edinburgh.
0: Yeah, cor- correct. Head coach yeah. of Edinburgh. All right, so there's some mutual interest, but the university won't commit towards upgrading facilities.
1: This is what we heard, All right. right? This is what yeah. we heard,
0: right? Flynn says no. All right, if I'm going to wrestle in crappy facilities, I'm just going to stick at Edinburgh where I feel good teams every sure. year in these crappy facilities. And
1: I also heard that Edinburgh kind
0: of upped his stock too. All right. Exactly. Okay, so they to you know, they gave him some more money. Good for him. So then it's Bono. So then Bono's coming in for an interview. From what we've all, by all accounts, they were going to double his hundred and ten thousand dollar a year salary to coach wrestling from South Dakota State. From South Dakota Bono's State, his head exactly. Coach here, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. I, well,
1: you know, some of our listeners might not know name recognition. Okay. As
0: well. Okay. Fair point. Um, Bono says no. So what's that tell you when a university is willing to? There's obviously some mutual interest there because I he heard went Hefkin to interviewing interview with them. Too. And we did hear about that. There was some interest there as well. But what does that tell you about a coaching search or about a university or a program when a guy who is the coach at a small program in South Dakota doing good things by all means no doubt they were going to double his salary well over $200,000 a year and he says no. And then suddenly Five minutes after he says no, Keith Gavin's like, I'll be your coach. And it
1: literally was that yes. quick. It was that quick. So, Dude, you know, Gavin was waiting in the wings. It
0: was the worst. This is the worst execution of a coach search hire. I mean, this is total opposite than how Virginia Tech handled it and Iowa State handled theirs.
1: No doubt. But even though, even though there was a little bit of a folly with Virginia Tech because it got out apparently beforehand. And then, people, you know, was Dresser going or was he not going? But, yeah, the pit situation is... Very strange. I don't think it's something that doesn't happen. I think that similar stuff happens with the coaching change realm. I just don't think it's that publicized. The biggest point I think you hit on, which is very interesting, is why didn't Bono go? Why didn't Bono go when you're going to double his salary and put him in the middle of a hotbed of wrestling Take him away from South Dakota State where, let's be honest, South Dakota State, great wrestling program right now. I right. mean, you know, are doing great things. Yeah, he's building a program. Yeah, they're getting jacked.
0: <laughs> yeah, hashtag but, get but jacked. But let's be honest.
1: The recruits out there are, are few and far between in terms of elite-level recruits. Whereas you find elite-level recruits like crazy in the whippio Pennsylvania, Ohio-type um, area, New York, New, New Jersey-type area, which pick and recruit. It's probably a lot harder to recruit those people out in South Dakota. You come on an interview— you get offered double your salary and, you know, you're put in this position and you and you turn it down, Th- something doesn't sound right there.
0: I, I, I mean, I can't agree with you. I can't, I can't re- agree with you anymore. Um, listen, I understand Roselli saying no, all right? R- Roselli waited a long time for his first shot at a head coaching gig, and his first shot just happened to be with a very storied program. I mean, Oklahoma's an, an extremely program. storied program, okay? And he's, you know he had a little bit of success there this year. He's building that program up. So I understand him saying no. I understand Santor saying, okay, wait a minute. Obviously, you don't want me that much if you're going to call you know, Lou and offer him the job while I'm here with you. So I'm going back to Lehigh. If
1: that's the truth, dude, that literally
0: it was a 10-minute interview
1: and then he walked out and called Lou, that, that's the biggest screw-up out of all, this entire thing.
0: But for guys – yeah, so totally. But for guys like Flynn and Bono to say no, like what is it, man? Like you said, people say that Pittsburgh is the next sleeping giant or potential next sleeping giant in NCAA wrestling. Is there really is you know is the administration just not backing the program that much? Well,
1: I think I think you have I think there's a couple questions that would need to be answered there. One, I think that from what I've from what I understand, the administration at the other schools stepped up to the plate. Right, so it's almost like you use this, They use the pit job to leverage their own position, and got increases and in raises, got increases in potential funding for the program, got increases in potential, um, you know, facilities upgrades. So that happened. So that you know, if, if if Bono goes there and he says, "All right, now I'm going to get a raise, and I'm going to get a facilities update, I'm already here, my family's already here, I'm starting to build something," it sounds like something I want to see through. Maybe that's why they want to stay there, Flynn. I don't know how much longer he's going to coach. You know, but maybe he's comfortable where he's at with Edinburgh. I can't imagine. Put it this way: he's he's closer to retirement than he is to being a new coach, Tim Flynn. Um, so he doesn't
0: strike me as somebody that's retiring soon.
1: I, I wouldn't say soon, but I mean, you know, he's been in the game. For Sure, dude's been in the game. And and bottom line is, I think that although we bungled, although Pitt bungled it, I think they ended up with a hell of a coach in Gavin.
0: I think so too. I think, like you said, in in the end. I think Gavin is probably the right guy for the job. Um, I think he, obviously he's going to be eager to do great things there. I mean, it's his alma mater. He was a fantastic wrestler for Pitt, um, won a national title, I think, was a runner up before that as he well. Was, he was. Um, so, yeah, in the end, I, I, I mean, I think he, he's going to be a good coach. The question still remains: Is is he going to be a good administrator? You know, is he going to be a you know the good guy, a good guy to, to oversee an entire program, not just coaching?
1: Sure, it, it, you know what? And the thing is, there's people that have that have had less coaching experience than him that have been head coaches for sure. I mean, he so he coached at Pitt, and I believe he might have been a GA at Pitt. Can't guarantee that for sure, but I know eventually he went to Virginia and coached for three years there. Right. Under Garland,
0: he was at Virginia, and then he he
1: went to Oklahoma and was under Lou Roselli. Correct. So let's talk about a little bit of pedigree. You know, Garland and Roselli, and then so he's at least been four years. Four years um, of of um, coaching uh, at at the assistant level. I think he's going to. And look, the bottom line is, no matter how pumped you are, um, or you know, to be, nothing's going to make you more pumped than to go coach your alma mater. And this is where he had success. Like you said, national champ, runner-up, world team member in 2013. So this guy's got a wrestling pedigree like crazy. And then also he's got some pretty damn good coaching pedigree. I think he's ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think he's a great hire for Pitt. I think that he's going to be a great ambassador for the University of Pittsburgh as a wrestling coach.
0: I think you're right. It's unfortunate, though. I wish the administration – had not gotten. I'm going to use the word greedy. I wish they hadn't have gotten greedy and would have went after him more in the beginning. You know, I think it would have, from a public relations standpoint, looked a lot better than than the way things played out.
1: It made know? him look. It made him look bad. What I would have done if I was an AD, and I don't know how this works. Sure. So I would have said, here are my four main targets. I wouldn't have publicly listed them. <laughs>
0: You know And the times and dates yeah, they were gonna be exactly. on campus interviewing.
1: You know, like you know, my, my right hand man, right hand uh woman would know, all right, here's what we want. One, two, three, four, five. And that's the only people that would know that. Other than that, bring let me bring in five coaches and then make a decision. And then you you know, you silently make an offer to Santoro. Maybe it gets out, maybe it doesn't. Doesn't work, okay. You go on to the next guy. But and like I said again, credit to the um to the wrestling journalism and wrestling media, but you know, they blew this story up. But at the same time, I'm telling you, this was boggled. This wasn't handled great. But it's not like all head coaching decisions are handled perfectly. We just don't hear about it as much.
0: No, I agree. And I, I'm not ready to, to give the credit to the wrestling journalism for breaking these stories. I think it was just piss poorly handled by the administration. It was just handled so piss poorly that it was just easy to figure it out, Yeah, in my opinion. But... Whatever.
1: Well, yeah, so, the way they handled it definitely was bad.
0: All right, so Pitt's got a new coach now. Long story short, it's Keith Gavin. Um, wish him the best of luck. I think he's going to do good things. I do agree with you there. Um, agree with all the points you made. So let's compare that with a couple of the other universities that had some recent major head coaching changes or coaching staff changes. Sure. Uh, Virginia Tech and Iowa State. So let's start with Iowa State first. Um, obviously, major headlines were made. Kevin Dresser leaves Virginia Tech. He goes back to his home state of Iowa, taking over the storied program, Iowa State. Um, He brings with him two of his assistant coaches from Virginia Tech and uh, St. John and Zadick. And then, you know, makes a – both wrestled at Iowa. Both wrestled at Iowa, absolutely. I mean, even Dresser, as Dresser did as well. Oh, yeah. Um, And then makes a major hiring splash. (laughs) I think this was a shocker when he brings Brent Metcalf – uh, into the fold as kind of a volunteer assistant coach, but also is going to be running the um, the RTC there. So, you know, when when this was announced, um, everybody got excited. Um, everybody got excited yeah. except for Hawkeye fans. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they whined. I mean, they whine about pretty much everything. Sure. But they whined a lot about this one. But we um, love Hawkeye fans. And we love you Hawkeye fans. <laughs> you, you whine a lot. It's okay. Uh, ben and I whine a lot too. Yeah, so. we all whine. <laughs> um, so... so A lot of people in the wrestling world and social media world said, wow, I mean, this is a storied program. Kevin Dresser's a great coach. He's got this great coaching staff. You know, they're going to be a a perennial top program again. My question to you is, is when you stop and think about this, with the exception of Metcalf, it's the exact same coaching staff that he had at Virginia Tech minus Roby, who obviously didn't come with him to Iowa State. Um, I would tend to think that the area that Virginia Tech in is in um, is probably a little bit better for grounds for recruiting, especially the pipeline that he had built with some solid uh, Ohio programs, St. Ed's, St. Paris Graham. Um, and you have the it,
1: down there. Christianbergs. In
0: Virginia. Um, and Virginia Tech was also very good at recruiting guys from New Jersey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of guys that you know, come through that program from Jersey. So how big of a difference is this staff going to make at Iowa State?
1: I think it's going to be a huge difference. I think that Iowa State is... With this staff, and not only with the staff, I heard the money that they're putting into the program. Oh yeah. With, with that, I think they're going to. and I won't say perennial because it's too hard to. You know, it's too early to say, but they're going to move up the ranks quickly. Look, they scored one point at the NCAA tournament this year.
0: Well, Pat Downey could have told you they were going to do that.
1: Yeah, they scored one point. So if we're talking about getting better, yeah, they're going to get better. Look, I, I, I get I get your point that. Dresser was in a great position to recruit because he was also a high school coach at um, two different programs down there that that he built up.
0: Correct. Before he was over, uh,
1: the Virginia Tech coach, so he had a great pipeline. He, he was getting all the best Virginia recruits, mm-hmm. you know, even over even over the University of Virginia. He was getting those grand recruits from Ohio with some with the, some St. Eds recruits as well. Yep. Um, getting some Jersey recruits. So you're right. The the fertility of the recruiting ground out there is a little bit better, but. I think that they're now with that coaching staff in a position. Because, look, Iowa loves Zadig. Iowa loves St. John. And I freaking tell you what, Iowa loves Metcalf. And Metcalf's got some ties back to the Michigan area, too. They're going to start stealing some of those recruits from that um, Midwestern hotbed that Iowa's getting. So, although it might not be as mo- might not be the most fertile ground out there, mm-hmm. they're going to get some. And I tell you what, they're going to get enough. And I think they're going to be challenging Iowa soon to be the king of um, the state.
0: I think those are all great points, man. And the last point you made, if there's any one program to be worried, I think this affects Iowa more than any other university, in my in my opinion. Um, and think about this. You were talking about investing money um, into the program. I think Christian Pyle's tweeted out, I think it was him, that said that there are only going to be a handful of head coaches in college wrestling making more than Metcalf will be making as a volunteer assistant and to run the RTC.
1: That's crazy.
0: I mean, That's Metcalf crazy. goes from being the USA Wrestling's developmental coach to volunteer assistant at Iowa State running the RTC and obviously getting paid handsomely for it. So
1: is he making more money than Zadik and St. John? I, Probably at least St. John. I mean, if, if, if you...
0: If you look at you know the the comment that was made again, I think it was uh, Christian Piles. If it wasn't, I apologize. That only a handful of college head coaches are ma- making more than him, and I'm saying those are the Kales and Tom Ryan's, you know, Tom Brands, probably Kevin Dresser. Um,
1: uh, I, yeah, my guess is that Kevin Dresser making more than everyone else would
0: I mean, I'm saying he's making more than the assistants, obviously. So why,
1: why, why, why pay him that much money? Now, I did hear. Um, I hate to jump ship real quick. I did hear on uh, FRL Flow Wrestling Live or Flow Radio Live, excuse me, their, their podcast. Um, that they'd already raised $750,000. Yes. The dresser's been there. Correct. That's crazy. Yeah, that's
0: one thing that dresser, people need to understand he this. Like, he's,
1: a, he's a CEO. He
0: is a, he's not just a great coach. He is a great program administrator. I mean, he, he's good at raising money. He's great at raising money. You know, I think I had read How something. How I donated when, to him and I hate him. When he was, um, you know, coaching the high schools in, in Virginia, um, I thought I had read something where he had raised enough money to pay some assistance, like $50,000 just to coach wrestling you know he's the one that they had their own uh, um what's that what are them big buses called um a charter bus charter bus oh like, he's a Christianberg? correct correct so jesus yeah. i mean he's great at raising money um uh so so yeah i mean you got you made me lose my train of thought i forgot where i was going with that oh yeah so going back to the question of why pay mm. metcalf so much money um, I I think there's lots of reasons for it. what do you, I mean. What are your thoughts?
1: Look, the, the bottom line, biggest reason in wrestling right now is name recognition.
0: I, I can't agree more.
1: It's name recognition. I tell you one thing, look, Kevin Dresser's great. We know who Kevin Dresser is. But Tommy, you know, the seventh grader wrestling at uh, you know, who's an elite guy, maybe win in Tulsa or whatever, doesn't know who Kevin Dresser is. He, you know, he knows who Brent Metcalf is. He knows who David Taylor is. He knows who Jaden Cox is, Kyle Snyder is. You need name recognition. I don't care how good of a coach you are as a person, and I'm sure Brent Metcalf's a fine coach or else he wouldn't have got the developmental job because that's where they care less about name recognition because they're not trying to recruit. Right. But when when you're in a college, look, dude, these big guys aren't coming to wrestle for somebody that doesn't have a big name. What do you think?
0: No, I agree with you. I think, you know, especially in the state of Iowa, I mean, who has bigger name recognition oh, right now great in the point. state of Iowa than Brent Metcalf? I mean, That's a he's been point. the most successful. I would say he's probably the most successful wrestler to come out of the University of Iowa in the last, what, 10 years, wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, yeah, in, in terms of, in in terms terms of, of name, success. oh, my college yeah. success. Just, I mean, big he, persona. Yeah, right? I mean,
0: I think people forget, it's so easy to forget that when, when Metcalf was in college, you, you know, he lost the NCAA finals his senior year, but but before that, he was just unstoppable. I mean, beating everybody, he was people love to hate him. I mean, you got so sick of hearing Hawkeye fans talk about him because he was like David Taylor back then, yeah. you know, or, or a Bo nickel or a Zane Rutherford back then. And the he fact didn't get to
1: wrestle his freaking,
0: uh, all four years. No, he only got to, he only yeah. had three years of, uh, of eligibility because of the transfer things that happened. So it, but, it's got to piss the Hawkeye Oh, oh baby. Because, look. Oh, baby. C- you can't tell me that Hawkeye fans would rather have Metcalf than Morningstar? No offense, Morningstar.
1: Well, no, you saw it. I mean, look, and we're coming at this late, so our takes are not nearly as great as some of the other people that have gotten these takes. Actually, I think our takes are better, but they're just a little delinquent. I'm
0: only concerned with us. Yeah,
1: but they're a little delinquent. But I tell you what. Dude, I, that there's nothing worse than Hawkeye fans seeing Brett Metcalf in a freaking – cyclones uh polo oh man
0: <laughs> man they gotta be pissed off dude did you get on the uh i know we uh, get on message boards from time to time I don't, because I, i'm a lurker on
1: every one of them but dot net or yappy you,
0: you got to lurk the hawkeye report i lurk it that, that, after the these announcements were made they were just going ape shit
1: they said they they, they put up a poll about which coach which coaching staff would you rather have did you see that?
0: Did they really? Yeah,
1: and yeah. obviously the majority of them picked the Hawkeye coaching staff. Which coaching staff would you rather have? And let's take recency bias out of it. Think about the coaching staffs. Which one would you rather have? Because I know my answer. Stone Cold Steve Austin know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not even, it's not even a debate for me. I don't even have to think about Iowa it. State. I would rather have Iowa State's coaching staff. Yeah. Because, frankly, I think Kevin Dresser has a history of develop, developing guys better than the, yeah. than the Brands brothers yeah, just, have. Just because, Kevin, just because the Brands brothers were more
1: successful on a college and international level doesn't mean that – just because that does not make you the better coach, okay? No, I agree. Look, you need talent in there. Guess what? They have Mike Zaddock who I heard is a freaking phenomenal coach.
0: I heard he's a phenomenal recruiter. Is he? I heard kids love him.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. He's got a sweet beard. They probably tugs on it and, like, plays Santa Claus and
0: shit. <laughs> I think his beard has its own Twitter handle.
1: Does it really? Yeah. God, I need to follow that. Um, and then you got Metcalf. who, God, that's got to just piss. Does that piss Tom and Terry off?
0: I hope it does.
1: <laughs> oh, baby. It's got to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think that's – man, that's – what the hell were they thinking, dude? They're all sitting up there. I know we're just kind of bullshitting now.
0: No, I'm trying Did you to see I'm, the press conference. Yeah, yeah, I saw. They're some all just
1: that. sitting up there in cyclone shirts, and they're all Iowa guys, man.
0: So, so I'm looking at the University of Iowa's coaching staff, and obviously it's Tom and Terry
1: Morningstar right? writing
0: Morningstar, and then their volunteer assistant coach is Ben Burhau.
1: I don't know who that is. <laughs> I know Morningstar's supposed to be a really good uh, recruiter. Yeah, I think I very I respect him a lot.
0: I think I got to be honest, man. I really don't know who Burhau is, or I think how he's a heavyweight guy. Yeah, I think he's a heavy guy, and they don't really have any heavy guys, so that's kind of why they got him in here. And I'm curious if he's who's running the RTC out there. Is it Terry?
1: Yeah, Terry's the RTC guy. Is he the Hawkeye? Yeah, he's Keresen the one that was coaching. Yeah. yeah, he was the one that said he was going to coach. Uh, um,
0: Dan Dennis instead of Ramos. N-
1: Remember that shit? Oh man! Are we
0: just throwing shade at Iowa today?
1: Oh, dude, we're just beating Iowa up.
0: All right, let's. All right, so let's let's get back on track. How so,
1: was, how about was Tony Ramos when this shit went down?
0: Dude?
1: <laughs> you know he's laughing. I guarantee if Tony Ramos wasn't uh, tight with a dude, he's the calling be like, can I get on like, that hey, staff you know, too? I'll be the volunteer to the volunteer.
0: <laughs> That's funny. All right, so. Obviously, man. I think we're both in agreement that we expect pretty big things from Iowa State. Did they did they did they keep all their recruiting
1: staff? Or excuse me, all their recruiting, all the recruits. I'm sorry,
0: they did not keep them all. I think there was still one or two that ended up kind of um, opening up their search because they had a um, huge recruiting right. class. But I do think that a couple of the big name guys that had said they were going to open it back up um, decided to. That Dresser was able to get them to stay. Um, there's one specifically. I can't remember who it is. I know you about Is it about- Austin Gomez? Yeah, Austin Gomez. Is yep. that who it is? Yeah, exactly who it is. Yeah, yeah, he's a
1: tough little lightweight
0: from Glenbard North like he's, or something. From Illinois, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think Glenbard. Don't quote me on that. No,
1: I, yeah, I know he's Illinois. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, dude. People, people were like, "All right, when are they going to be good again?" And people are saying five, seven, ten years. The definition of good is, is, is tough, but I bet they're top ten within three years.
0: Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's a, a feasible and i think money a has a realistic to reach. Do with
1: it. absolutely they're going to put a lot of money in that program
0: i mean they've already done it like you said um, so yeah i think they're going to have success you know probably sooner rather than later
1: but you know the well is not dry so we just talked about how you know iowa state pillaged virginia tech correct but the well is not dry at virginia tech
0: yeah i mean so obviously you know dresser leaves for iowa state what's virginia tech to do all right so what do they do i think in my opinion i think they handled this I think they handled this better than any of the other universities searching for coaches. What a great um, job. Obviously, Iowa State did a fantastic job. You know, they got their guys, got the great publicity. But Virginia Tech, I think they took a conservative approach, but a very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, help me out here. I'm I'm stumbling today, man. Well, smart would work. I think it's but, but very smart. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't conservative, but I think they made the right decision. So they, they promote – who I think Tony Roby, who was the associate head coach at Virginia Tech, correct, under Dresser. That's Um, right. They promote him. Um, Obviously, they lost St. John and Zadick, the assistants. They follow Dresser. So what do they do after Iowa State announces their big stuff? How do they fire back? They just get a couple of Olympians by the name of Frank Molinaro and Jared Freyer.
1: Yeah, and uh, Molinaro and Freyer both beat Metcalf. To make teams. Did you ever, did <laughs> yeah, you know that? that's right. <laughs> oh, and
0: also, let's not forget to mention um, uh, Wiggity Tie Walls sticking around. That's, what I, that's yeah. what I heard.
1: That's what I heard. You made it. I, I think your point is exactly it hits the nail on the head. It's a conservative approach, but it's the right approach because you, what you, you can open it up and you could you know, have a bunch of drama and controversy around it. Or you could say, look, we've been in the top ten. And since the past however many years, Roby's a huge part of it. If anybody thinks that Roby's not a big part of that, they're stupid. Right. So let's promote him, and then let's bring in two Olympians. One of them who's still training. Correct. Um, yeah, they, they, they did a great job. And they brought those. there's name recognition there. Molinaro's good name recognition. Freyer maybe not so much. He's name recognition to us. Maybe not so much to the younger guys, but there's still some great name recognition there with Molinaro. And then Ty Walls, I mean— who would you rather have to stick around to work with some big guys because he can
0: work eighty four up easy correct yeah, oh yeah, for sure, and I think one of the biggest things that this hire did by by you know going ahead and, and removing that interim tag from Roby and making him the official head coach is you know you 're keeping continuity of yes. the program i mean it 's like all right, we lost dresser, that sucks. best wishes to him. he took his boys with him. Let's promote from within. We've got a perfectly capable, great uh, associate head coach that we can promote. Promote Tony Roby. Take the label off because if I'm not mistaken, Tech still did pretty decent after all this. You know, you know, media came out at, at, at nationals, right? They didn't get a trophy. Uh, I think – but I they think, were fifth. They, were they fifth? I think, yeah. I, I don't know exactly where they finished. I think they underperformed in terms
1: of what they wanted. Oh, sure. But I, th- I think they did. I said th- they still did good. They still, they still did fine. They, you know, the thing is Zavasky did an All-American and Hot did an All-American, which kind of hurt them. I'm not putting that on dresser leaving. I think it was just a random shit happening.
0: I think Hot did All-American.
1: Hot did not. Hot lost to a: uh, I'm pretty Residora. sure Cora Moore
0: pinned him for third and fourth. Oh, You're thinking Hot. of Epperly. I'm thinking Epperly. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Sorry. Duh. I'm an idiot. I'm thinking Epperly. Everly lost to Residorian the, Residori in the, the right. round of twelve. Yeah, I'm that sorry. So that Epperly, was a rough one. That was a rough e- one. Epperly and Zavasky, who good point you know were supposed to all American didn't.
0: But like, I, I didn't think that's Mastriani less... all American though? Didn't he? Mastriani get on... did all American. Yeah, so right? Mastriani all American. Joey Dance got back on the podium. Yep. So yeah, I don't think things worked out perfectly for them like they would have, you know, liked, but uh, you know, you consider everything that went on the last few weeks up until the national tournament, and for them to, you know, still get guys like Dance, Mastriani, Walls, um, Hot. You know, they still had a handful of All-Americans. They were probably, what, fifth, sixth in the final standings? I can't remember. I, I, I,
1: I don't remember. No, I'm just looking at what Tony Ro- Roby did as a as a wrestler. Was Roby a couple-time All-American?
0: You're going to have to tell me, buddy. Two-time All-American. Two-time All-American. Yeah, so Four. I, but, but, Where did he wrestle from? Um...
1: Edinburgh, right? Two time cha- captain for the former Olympic gold medals, Bruce at Edinburgh University. Okay, okay, nice, yeah. nice. So nice. yeah, so and I'm sorry because he's a little older, you know. Like, before I really started getting into wrestling hard, but what I'm saying is the, the guy was no slouch as a wrestler either. No, and it, you know, so I think they hit the nail. But on
0: he's the used head. to he's used to running that program. The the kids there, they know him, they love him. Um, and then again, I mean, the assistants that he hired. Uh, Getting Molinero is huge, in my opinion. I think, and and don't underestimate the, you know the, you know the, um, uh, the value that Fray is going to bring to that program as well. Oh my goodness, yeah. Two guys with, you know, they had successful college careers, very successful college careers, and then went on to have successful, you know, international careers as well.
1: Virginia Tech took six this year. Um, which is probably not what they were expecting because they were about 20 points, 20 something points behind Missouri for fit. Mm-hmm. So they finished in that, that spot. Um, you know, that's a couple of all Americans that they, they could have had. And they also were red and McFadden too. That's true. And I think a big thing that um, keeping Roby around did was also, I've heard that not, none or very few of the Virginia tech wrestlers were even looking at leaving.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, that's huge. Again, it goes back to that, that continuity that we discussed. Yeah. So I think they handled it better than any of the other programs. Um, obviously, Iowa State got their man. They got what they wanted. They got the most publicity with everything. Um, but I, I don't underestimate the hires that Virginia Tech made. All right, so uh, moving on. I guess, Um. I don't know, man. I guess kind of some of the biggest news to come out lately in wrestling now that we've gotten through our historical... <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news that we're talking about.
1: I, we haven't been able to drop that. yet
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm happy gl-
1: to get our own thoughts about
0: it. I'm, no, I'm glad we got we were able to talk about those coaching changes. But uh, anyway, um, the big news to come out lately is the uh, the rules committee got together. You know, talk about some some uh, some new and improved rule change proposals. They came out. They announced, and uh, you, you know, at least on social media in the wrestling media world, it looks like it's a, a big hit. So it's 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 a, it's a hit. It's not a miss, in, in my opinion. I
1: think that things can still be tweaked, and we're not sure, right? These are proposed. Proposals. These are proposed changes. Who sits on that Rules Committee? I saw a Branch sits on it. Do you know anybody else that sits on it on um, Rules Committee? And, and if you don't, that's I, fine. I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, so— But I knew. I do know Branch is yeah, on it. I, I think they're, they're a bunch of hits. I think that there's things that can be tweaked. Did you just say they're a bunch of hicks?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they are Wyoming. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez! I <laughs> know no, that was rude. I apologize to all of our cowboy fans that listen. Our true cowboys <laughs> out there. Um, I think there's, I think there's some hits out there. Um, you know, the, for, just off the top of my head, there's uh, some some rules about uh, weight descent and some new weigh-in rules. There's rules about facial hair. There's rules about headgear and there's rules about um, control um, off, uh, in a scrambling situation. Correct. Those are the ones I understand.
0: All right. So let's just kind of go through them a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go in depth. At least I don't want to go in depth on the, you know, the recommendations for stiffer penalties, you know, for wrestlers who are violating the weight assessment protocols. Um, to me, this is just – it's a no-brainer. Look, if you're violating the rules, then, yeah, there should be penalties that deter you from violating said rules. And,
1: and, and it's interesting that you say that because I think that's something that I, I, I wouldn't mind talking about. And then we don't have All to right. talk about it here. But but the things that I that I think are interesting is, okay, so here are – Some of the things they could – so the rule is you now miss eight consecutive matches or competitions if you get caught violating the rules – one of the violations of the rule. Here are some of the things. Urine manipulation during weight assessment. I'll tell you one thing. When I was a wrestling – when I wrestled in college, every person I know put some water in their urine. Okay. Now, maybe things have changed. No, that's
0: No, that's fine. Let's start with there. It's okay. So, yes, these rules – or the stiffer penalties, regardless of what the penalties are, are for people who break the rules that have been set. All right? Now, yeah. you say, look, when you wrestled in college, I didn't, so you're the expert on this one. Everybody was manipulating their urine. All right. Everybody was manipulating All right. their urine. So you're breaking a rule. All right? You're breaking a rule. So you're, yeah. you're breaking a rule. You are violating the, you know, the weight assessment protocol. Correct? Correct, you are. All right. So in today's world, what deters you from doing that if you get caught?
1: Nothing at this point. I think that, and I th- I know where you're going, and I think that makes a lot of sense by basically saying you need some sort of deterrent. My thought is maybe make a change in terms of hydration test, um, but we don't need to go there. Um, but you're right. There's nothing that, that that at this point really stops you from doing it. But another one, using a sauna suit or a rubber suit or – we call them plastics, right? right we call them plastics. plastics. We call them plastics. Dude, I cut away with- I don't know. everybody cuts what do, what do you do take away plastics. my take away my my freaking metal at uh the slippery rock open i I cut weight with plastics before
0: everybody does yeah
1: um saunas okay those those were something I never really fucked with um that was something I never really messed with um in college <laughs> um I did in high school a little bit and diuretics it's so I, hot in there yeah it's so hot it's so hot <laughs> diuretics and intravenous rehydration i don't know who's who, <laughs> i never got intravenous hydration um and skin check for forgery or deception. That makes sense to me because that's something you could pass to somebody else.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, like, yeah. Forget all the other ones. I mean, you could die. But you can—you don't want to – don't give me ringworm, damn it. Yeah, but they're making their own decisions. No, ringworm's <laughs> fine, but herpes? Yeah, I don't want herpes. Oh,
1: God, I got some – I've got some non – Can we just – let's not go here. stories about the herpes, man. <laughs>
0: are,
1: geez, no, Jesus Christ. not for a sexual oh, Wrestling, bro. God. Wrestling, bro.
0: I apologize to all of our listeners out there for the visual images that probably cross your head. I said wrestling. Ben. <laughs> In the if you're
1: gonna deny that herpes is a big deal or isn't a big deal in college, it no,
0: is. it's a huge deal. It is. Wait a minute. What herpes are we talking about? Wrestling or
1: we're not talking about one you know,
0: out of no. one out of every three people on I a college campus college. has herpes. I'm not talking about genital herpes. <laughs> I'm talking about like herpes on your face. Okay,
1: <laughs> that you didn't get from some sort of Friday <laughs> right night incident. That you
0: didn't get from somebody's genital herpes. <laughs> yeah, correct.
1: <laughs> but no, I agree with, I agree with that. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to figure out a different way to do certification because it's silly to say that these guys have to be hydrated because when they're cutting weight, they're not hydrated. The thing is they need to test the balance to determine how dehydrated you are.
0: Yeah, and I think that's – I mean look, the point of it is to try to limit the, the amount of weight being cut. I agree with you. Right? Them. They're trying to limit the point of being you know, the point of being dehydrated. Look, I mean sucked it, out to the point sucked, of exactly. like, concern. There's not going to that, – that's never going to go away. People right? are going to suck People out. are going to find ways – to To get their, themselves to the lowest possible weight that yeah. they can get to. But in my opinion, you know, I have no issue with the committee state, you know, saying, hey, we need stiffer penalties for people that violate these rules. Oh, by the way, it's not just going to be the wrestlers, it's going to be the coaches too.
1: Yeah, it is. It's you know, because it's,
0: it's, you've got to control your team. Um, you know, and you look at the examples of the violations that they're mm-hmm. talking about. Urine manipulation, we talked about that. Uh, use of rubber suits, saunas, and diuretics. Um, I mean – so how of, are you
1: going to uh, tell me you can't use a rubber, but then you got to worry about the herpes?
0: Oh, that's bad. That, that's just bad. All right. That's, do, you failed, need, man. Do we need to pause yeah, that you one? Need to, you failed on that one. I'm just kidding. Right. So anyway, um, you know, rubber suits, saunas, I don't know how – people are still going to use them. They're just going to use them more discreetly yeah. to where nobody's watching them. Um, diuretics, dude, that's bad. I agree I mean, with that you. that's that's a that's just that's I just took bad, them in high dude. school I didn't I never mess with that's, them in college. Yeah, I mean you're talking I mean some some serious long-term health health effects coming from that. Yeah, look at me. Um skin check forgery like like you said like like dude, yeah, that's just look, SteriPrep I'm down with the this man. Down
1: what do you think about the 1.5 weight drop um 1.55% weight drop? And now I know that they haven't really changed much of it, they just basically indicated that you can make your weight later on. I think the 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 healthiest way to cut weight and, and you can bullshit me if i'm wrong if you're going to if you're going to dehydrate yourself the healthiest way to do it is a quick dehydrate and rehydrate it's not healthy to stay dehydrated for a week i think that when i was cutting weight in high school or college you know i would get down to within 6 the day before you know, which which is more of a natural weight. And I'd suck that last six off and put it back on real quick. Sure. You know?
0: I mean, I think that's what a lot of wrestlers do. I mean, that's what a lot of people do these days. They usually come in the day of, you know, four to six pounds over. They get in a hard drill. They sweat the four pounds off. They're good to go. They weigh in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so why have the 1.5 then? Why not
1: allow somebody to wrestle 33 one week and then 25 the next?
0: Because I think what that does is it, pre- it, it prevents yo-yo dieting. Yeah. All right, so it prevents yeah. um, cutting down to 125 pounds. Um, you come in at the beginning of the week at 140, and you're cutting down to 125. Good point. Good point. Um, th- things like that, because you, you know when you're doing the yo-yo uh, method, it, that's that doesn't work long term. Well, yeah, because then
1: you can be like, oh, look, this week I'm going to wrestle 33, weighing at 133, and then the next week's you can then under the current rules. Next week you can't wrestle 125; you wrestle 133, right. weighing at 133.
0: Um, what I do like, I think, two great proposals in, 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 in regards to the weight thing is. You know, why the cutoff date to be at your lowest weight, that was just dumb. Yeah, and pointless. getting rid of that, that cutoff date um, I think is great. I also think the weight allowance, having the one-pound weight allowance on the second day of a competition or when there's back-to-back dual meet competitions occur, I think that's great too. Give the kids a break, yes. especially because a lot of times when you're wrestling and dual meets on consecutive days, a lot of the time you're traveling on the road, okay? So give them a little bit of a breathing room there to to, to make that weight as they're already struggling with everything else, wrestling, traveling, preparing, Dude, and things like that. yeah,
1: you're, you're sucking down, and, and granted, these kids aren't these days for the most part – aren't cutting as much weight as, you know, we did back back in the day. And and I'm not wearing that as a badge of honor at all. No, absolutely not. I'm saying not. that's the freaking smart thing to do. I mean, what did um, Georgie
0: D'Camillo say in, in, in his interview with us? He all American the, the it, year he went up. His biggest regret was cutting weight.
1: Yeah, cutting too much weight. Exactly. Look, there's a fighting weight, right? Like, you know, I would come in, you know, kind of chubby at a certain weight. I'd get down to a fighting weight. And then from your fighting weights, when you start cutting. Right. You know, you know from, your, from your non-bloated, non-freaking drinking a little bit of beer over to summer weight. Um... The one-pound allowance is, it, that's – got to
0: do that. You, you know, you said something there, and I, th- I think – I've heard this mentioned by a lot of people. We've said it ourselves, and I, I still will, will say this to the day. One of the biggest things that this whole weight certification process has done, whether on the college level or the high school level, is all it has, it has done is caused wrestlers to start cutting weight earlier, Cut weight earlier when their bodies aren't in shape to do it. Yep. All right? There's a big difference between cutting weight in October when you're not in peak shape – than cutting weight, you know, in January, February when sure. your body's in wrestling shape and, 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 you know, just a better overall shape to handle
1: it. Yeah, because, look, you know, I didn't start my diet until, like, September, you know? And, right. if, I, and I, if I had to be down in a month, in a month and, I, and I cut a shit ton of weight, like, more weight. But I was also, like, I was one of those kids that was never really ripped up during the summer. I was chubby during the summer. Really? I, yeah, shut up. And I would cut down and be pretty lean. So, you know, when Georgie was like, I came in at 140 and, you know, couldn't make 125, I was like, well... My freshman year, I came in at one forty four, and one twenty five was not a problem. You know, it was the year I came in at one fifty six that was a problem. <laughs> you know, that was when it was a freaking problem to get down to twenty five. But, but like I said, I was I was a fat piece of crap. Um, so, anyways, I like the one pound weight allowance on the next days. It's something that they didn't do before. Then they used to not even give you a one pound um, on back to back tournament days, right? So the NCAA's was one twenty five, one twenty five, one twenty five. Correct. Now I think they give you a pound a day, right? I'm pretty sure they do. They're
0: I don't pro- think they do that now. I'm pretty sure
1: they do now. I, th- I thought they'd give you a pound.
0: Really? Maybe I'm wrong. We're going to have to look that one up because yeah, I right. thought you had to make scratch all three days. Well, uh, this weight allowance thing would then make sense to give them a pound each day. Right, because that's one of the things that the weight allowance me- mentions is that um, – you would also receive a one-pound weight allowance on the second day of a competition. So, Where does that
1: say that? I, I must be missing it.
0: It's under the section labeled weight allowance. The
1: committee also recommended when back-to-back dual meet competitions occur, all competitors will get a one-pound weight allowance on the second day of competition. That's if there's back-to-back dual meet back-to-back competition. Back-to-back dual meet. So, I'm I, telling you, I, I think that there's already...
0: Is it already there for It wouldn't make
1: sense not to have it. It wouldn't make sense to give them a one-pound weight allowance but not give them one... For tournaments.
0: Alright, so this is obviously something that we don't know for sure. So anybody that listens to this, if you do know, send us an email yeah. or hit us up on Twitter. We'd Please love to let know us this. know. Let us know. At the national tournament or other wrestling tournaments that that two day events, Texas, scuffle, midlands, base. things like that. Is there a weight allowance on the second day of on the second day of competition? I
1: say yes. You say you don't know. I say I don't know. Yeah. Ear protection.
0: Right. Let's talk about ear protection. Look. It's you, about damn time. You need protection. No, you don't. Oh, you don't? No. Let these guys not wrestle re- wrestle without headgear. Damn right. I mean, they're adult men. You're damn right. And You're they don't. They're not protecting or concussions no, or, women. or women. Well, the women don't wear them. That's what I mean.
1: Like if you have a, yeah, like I want some equality in society right now.
0: Yes, women and it's is, not fair that yeah. the women don't have to wear headgear, but the men do. And well, obviously, we're being you know sarcastic right no, now. Women get
1: to choose whether or not they want to wear protection, but men have to wear it.
0: Well, I, I'm pretty sure they face other issues too. So anyway. <laughs> Where the, are we going? The, look, what do, does headgear actually prevent you from? Because it ain't protecting it ain't it protect your head. It ain't protecting your head. I mean, it ain't protecting your head. It's no, protecting your ears. Look at me.
1: It didn't make me any better. looking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. The bottom line, and, and I know we're, I know we're fucking around here. Um, look, if you're 18, you're an adult. You are an adult. You are an you are an adult by law, and you can't say that you don't want to wear headgear? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's ridiculous.
0: So let me ask you this. So let's say they remove... Uh, they, they they change the rule so wrestlers don't have to wear headgear, in both the practice room and in competition. Um, they make it the athlete's choice. So an athlete chooses not to wear it. Another one chooses to wear it. Now does it become something that can be used like a as a weapon? And Again. is that, And is that ultimately just... Hey, you chose not to wear Absolutely. headgear, yes. so you've got to deal with this. If yes. a guy's grinding his headgear up in your face, yep. tough shit. Yep. Now, and most, I'm good with that. Yeah,
1: Most headgears don't do that. Remember those old bubble headgears, like the ones that were like hard plastic on the side? Those are the only ones that I hated um, wrestling when I wasn't wearing a headgear. The other ones do not matter. Look, yeah, there was a rule that you had to wear headgear in, in college practices.
0: Nobody does. When I was
1: in college, not one single person in my room, unless you had bad collie, cauliflower that was bubbled right and then it, by then they had a huge wrap they had a big pad underneath it right so i wore like i think i wore it probably like eight days out of my entire college career because that was when my cauliflower was acting up mm-hmm. nobody wears it no. ever and so the thing is then you put it on for a match it feels foreign we're in high school you know at least at our school because we had mr rule follower frank baxter as our head coach <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> yeah. even you don't even try to step on the mat without headgear strapped up <laughs>
0: you couldn't even go to get a water break without no. without your headgear off yeah.
1: But if you go to another school, you know, they don't care. So people aren't wearing headgear. How do you think that people are getting cauliflower here when they're in high school? <laughs> Great point, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God. No, you're, you're right, though, dude. Like, let's be honest. If you're an adult and you can make the decision to or to not wear headgear, then – or excuse me. You should be able to make the decision to or to not wear headgear. You don't have to in international styles, and you hit the nail on the head. It's not a protection for concussions. If it was a protection for concussions, then I would say you got to wear it with all the things we know about concussions right now. But at this point in time, let people's ears get beat up, dude. Some chicks like that. And some dudes or some, some chicks like that on guys and some chicks that are wrestlers like that on guys too.
0: I mean, yeah, I think cauliflower is in style right now. Like back in the day, like, as a high school kid, there were more high school MMA kids. MMA wasn't as yeah, big. Exactly. So, you know, you got cauliflower, like, ah, I got to get this drained so I don't look like a goober. And now that, you know, everybody's walking around with these big gnarly ears in the MMA, it's like, oh, it's cool. I need a tap-out shirt and some cauliflower ear when I go to the bar.
1: <laughs> you know what I'll tell you right now? What? There's nothing I find sexier on a chick than cauliflower ear. Really? Is that creepy? Not at all. All
0: right, cool. Look, what, what, what floats your boat, man? That, that's, that's what floats your boat.
1: Yeah, man. So,
0: so ear protection. Don't use it. Don't use it. No, but you know what? The quote that was made in that article I think is great. Um, You know, basically, you know, I think this came from Mark Branch. He basically said, look, we feel that our collegiate athletes are mature and educated enough to decide on what's best for them and their particular situation regarding their ears. And that's that's it. That is the bottom line truth.
1: It's an eloquent way of saying what we just said. We could have just read his thing and moved on. It probably would have been better, too. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: <laughs> Holy shit Do you need Heimlich? No CPR? It,
1: it would have been better
0: <laughs> Don't die on me Ben Oh god Alright so um, One of the other great This is one of my favorite rules right here and, and, and you're starting to notice a little theme too With headgear And this next one Facial hair Getting a little closer to freestyle rules I, I like love it, it. I like Let it. the dudes wrestle with a beard man Let chicks
1: wrestle with a beard too
0: Let anybody who wrestles Wrestles with a beard Yeah Like, I don't understand this whole facial hair rule. Well,
1: I think you you hit it one – one, I don't think it should be scratchy to the point where you can use it to really abrasive somebody. Like, you shave them two days later. Um, But if it's a soft facial hair, that's fine. I think what they said was it can't be so long as to where we can't check your face for some sort of skin infection.
0: So, like, you're talking like Zadik wouldn't be able to –
1: Dude, Zadik could potentially be hiding, like – you know, I think the host of Ringworm's in his beard, potentially.
0: You think so? No, I
1: don't think so, but it could be.
0: <laughs> Is he hiding some immigrants up in there? Somebody... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's keep going with that one.
1: <laughs> I think they were more talking about, you know, Ringworm or a potential infantigo infection. So if, if it's within, a, a, I think it can't be, what, an an, or a quarter inch or an inch or something like that? What does it say? Um, half an inch, excuse me. So yeah. I completely missed that, which makes sense because, but you know, look, they're going to get in there and they're going to check to make the determination of whether or not there's a skin infection. And if there's not, having a beard has no has no effect on somebody from a wrestling standpoint. Look at the international style.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's why I said I think you know these last two rules. You know, if these proposals go through, you're starting to see you know uh collegiate wrestling folk style wrestling kind of moving a little more towards you know international style rules and i think that's fantastic i think ultimately that's what a lot of us want in the long run anyway
1: and even though those rules are they don't have really much to do with international wrestling in terms of um technique those are the international
0: absolutely you know for sure i just think i think We're past that time, or I mean, it's now time to allow wrestlers the, you know, look, if you don't want to wear headgear, don't wear headgear, they're your ears. If you want to have a beard, look, as long as we can still inspect your face, make sure you don't have any crud up in there that you're going to pass on or anything else. Yeah, Um, anything else else you're trying to hide in there, (laughs) little razor blades or something. (laughs) I mean, it's all good. So, no, I think it's great rule proposals.
1: This next one, I think, is obligatory, in my opinion, the third-party review. I think it was because of our podcast. What do you think? I mean we caused so much ruckus out there with the, the two for Bojo that they had to they, – they were obligated to go to a third-party review. I mean as
0: much as I'd like to think that, I'm pretty sure we weren't the only people causing ruckus over the two for Bojo. But do you
1: think it has something to do with not just that scenario but with the scenario of, of the lack of overturning their own – of officials overturning their own calls? Yes,
0: I think, I think that – which probably explained. The wrestling it? community it was starting to see a trend and that, you know, statistically speaking, the majority of reviews were not overturned.
1: So the, the rule, real quick, I guess we didn't we didn't explain it was the um the recommending a potential, it's an optional rule to allow a third party to review um, challenges at tournaments, dual meet I mean it doesn't it doesn't specify but at tournaments, dual meets correct NCAA championship. And I think that rule was precipitated by the fact that a lot of um, Uh, calls were reviewed at the NCAA championship and weren't overturned. But later on, when you look at the evidence, it's hard to argue that they shouldn't have
0: been. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're creating a biased situation when you have the guy who's making the call, go review the call that he made. And then now he's got to be the one to determine whether or not he's going to stick with his original call or overturn it. Um, my problem, my my only concern with this rule, I think it's a great rule proposal. Um, I think it's much needed. Um, I think it needs to be an absolute must at the at the national tournament.
1: I think but I think um I think it qualifiers too.
0: Yeah, at, at, at conference tournaments and the national tournament and whatever qualifiers. The problem is, they're saying for dual meets as well. Um, this puts a. Um, a, a budget issue on yeah. on the universities, and not all universities are you know their athletic departments sure. are funded as well as others. So, you know, and they're kind of putting it in you know in, in, in a basically, if you want to do this, you can. Yeah. What do you see? Do you see these universities investing no. the extra money? And because college reps make great money for dual meets, yeah. they're not cheap.
1: No, no, I don't think I don't think we see the universities doing it except for maybe big duels, mm-hmm. um, like you know the the, the NCWA, NWCA duels which are you know kind of the national duels. I could see them potentially doing that. But I don't think it's a huge deal if they don't do it for the dual meets, but they do it for the conference tournaments. If, if people argue, well, you're not doing it for the duels, but you're doing it for the conference tournaments, you shouldn't be doing it. Well, I think the counterargument to that is, look, duels, if we miss a call and it affects a match, okay, it goes on at a loss some, on somebody's record, which has some effect. But if we miss a call at the conference or the qualifier and we miss a call at the NCAAs, it's the difference between maybe not qualifying for the NCAAs or maybe not winning a national title. So I'm fine with them only doing it at the big time tournaments.
0: Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. All right. So I guess one of the other major rule change proposals that was presented was, you know, has to do with the controversial scrambling, leg passing wrestlers um, exposing their back to the mat in uncontrolled situations, basically looking for stalemates. Um I think this is a it, it 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 was a much needed time and a much needed rule to look at this this situation. Yeah. Um what they're proposing is this is ultimately when in the neutral position um any wrestler who becomes basically stationary on his back expo- exposing his back um before control has been established um, they do state that with the shoulders have to be at a you know at an, an ang- at an angle of ninety degrees or less to the mat surface that the referee will verbally signal 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 uh, excuse me <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> signal danger to that wrestler. So um, the verbal announcement will be made. It's going to be followed by an audible, audible three count. If the referee reaches the third count and the, and the and the wrestler in question is still on his back within the ninety degree angle Two. control, yes, will be considered to have been established. And a takedown will have been awarded. So, I think it's a great start. It's a great start. I think it's a little complex right now. I do. I I, I think there's a lot of situations where, um, even though a wrestler is on his back or has his back exposed, I think... At a 90 degree. At a 90 degree angle. um, To me, I think it's, it's... there's situations like that arise to where the other wrestler, it's still obvious that they don't have any kind of control. They can't advance themselves. They can't advance themselves. Exactly. But the wrestler who's exposing his back, he needs to be penalized for having his back on the mat, basically.
1: And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, but why 90 degrees? If we're establishing a 45 degree angle for um, near fall count, why are we giving it at a 90 degree angle for control? I think if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're telling the uh, refs, look, you're going to be able to eyeball 45, why not 45 here? Because I might go quick 90, get hit in danger, and then I'm in danger for three seconds as I'm scooting my butt underneath me to come up, you know, to That's come, a out, great to come point. out the back door. Um, and, and I'm at 90, but I'm not at 45. My back's not, you know, towards the mat. So I love the idea, and I even like the danger rule. But with 90 degrees, you're going to hear danger, danger, danger like eight or nine times because the guy's going to keep moving back and forth, right? Whereas at 45, you're less likely to be able to continue to move. At 90, I'm still scooting my hips out, I'm still elevating, I'm still pulling. You're still leg moving
0: up. a lot of times. Yeah,
1: you're still moving a lot of times. I love the danger, and I love the three count, right? Because you're giving that you're giving the wrestler the ability to say. Well, if I can't move within three seconds, then he has control of me.
0: But one, of, you know, I, I made the statement just now about you're still moving, and I guess that's this situation that the way it's explained is it's a wrestler who becomes stationary, stationary on his back yes. or his shoulders are at an angle of ninety degrees or less to the mat surface. So, it, and I think what this is, this is addressing guys that are, are simply putting themselves in position to get a stalemate called. Yes, okay? absolutely. No, guys who are not advancing yeah, position, not moving. And I'm you I'm Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to funk you. I'm going to hold something. I'm going to expose my back, and I just want a stalemate to be called. I think this is going to impact those guys, we, those situations. Yeah, you
1: remember the funk when it was originally introduced kind of as a wrestling technique. It was a complete roll through to where the other guy that funked the, the him, his belly was on the mat. Yeah. You know? And now they're just like, I'm diving. I'm going to lay on my back. And if but the thing is stationary. What does that mean? So in the rule, if the guy's ninety degrees, or you know, if the guy meets the criteria for danger, but he's moving his butt to scoot through, is that called stationary or not? Don't know. We don't know. It sounds like 90 degrees seems to be the determining factor. There. Right. But what if you're 90 degrees and you're scooting up, you're lifting that leg, and you're about to pop out the back door? All of a sudden, the other guy gets control. He doesn't have control. You're not there. stationary, though. The, the, where I see this needing to be happened is when the dude funks your leg and he's laying on your back, and your leg, you're kind of in like a half split situation, but you're not moving, or the, the, the guy behind you's not moving, and you're on top of him. That's when I can see control being established. Because by then, not only that, is he is he not going to be able to move? But boom, back points are going to start counting soon. Quick. Agreed. Yeah, I love the idea. Yeah, I but think I it's think a great start. Let, the, let's. I think the way the rule's written, right? Th- and now we've just seen a very brief. We've seen a four sentence write up of the rule. Let's see how it's interpreted and called, and let's see how the rule book talks about it. Because I can see a lot of holes here where a guy meets this criteria the way it's written, and there's no way I'm giving control to the the, the um, excuse me, the other wrestler.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Again, I go back to the first thing we said. Um, I think it's a great start. Um, I think it's a great start. Um, you got to start someplace. Put it in. Put it in motion. See how it plays out, and then from there, d- figure out what you got to tweak to make it even better. Um, and I think if this rule goes through, through eventually you're going to see this rule grow. You're going to see it grow and change. Um, it, one of the things I have concern about, though, is it just puts that much more. Um, on yep. the referees who I think already in a lot of times they don't understand or know how to call certain situations, and I think such as out-of-bounds rules and things like that, and I think this is going to be one of those situations. They're going to have to be heavily and thoroughly educated on this situation. And, and I'm
1: wondering if it actually makes it easier on the ref.
0: Though. I, I get you your think? point.
1: After, after the rules have been established and they go through an instruction to understand how to do it, then instead of them looking and going, because right now people are still calling too in those situations at times. But it's very subjective of when a two should be called, right? You know, now they're saying, "Look, it's not subjective when a two is called. I just call. I call danger on you. You didn't get your back, uh, you didn't get your body over that ninety degrees, or I'd like to see forty-five. You know, back over or up. Uh, we're gonna call a takedown. And then, and then, and also forty-five makes sense because after a takedown is called, then you can immediately start calling back points. Whereas before at ninety, so you get a takedown, the guy you're saying he's on his back, not being able to move, but you can't count back points at that point in time. Did you see what Heil tweeted about that? I think that the big thing was everybody was saying, "Oh, this this is the Heil rule," you know, kind of because that's what Heil does, right? He he hangs out on his back. Sure, he's a freaking inch away from getting pinned, but they're not calling control. He tweeted that, you know, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'm kind of reading off what he said. Um, He likes the advancement of the rule. Yep. But he thinks he would rather just see. Look, call it either one or the other. If you break ninety, it's like freestyle. That's a two point – you know, two points. Or you could start counting back points or whatever exactly. you want to do. Exactly, exactly. Or, or don't do anything now at all. You know, don't try to split the baby here. Either go, go – Either go all to, in yeah. or nothing. Yeah. And I think you could even do 90 degrees. You start counting back points regardless. I've always – what we said was I think you can you can give an uncontrolled back point.
0: Meaning, Abs- to me, that makes more sense. Yeah. It, it, to me, that makes more sense. And we've talked about this in the past where, look – you put yourself in that situation, the ref signals danger, danger. he starts One, a count, two, whatever the count three. is, if you don't get yourself out of that position, at the end of that count, two points, yep. alright? Or, yeah, why or can't, whatever. Why
1: can't you do this? Why can't you say danger? One, two, three, and then start counting back points. One, two. Three, you know, or whatever yeah. you get to, you can do that, and the guy doesn't get the takedown because he's not in control. Typically, because the other guy can still move, but at the same time, you're saying, "Look, bro, you just can't land your back."
0: And to me, that makes much more sense than this. Yeah. But that's not the rule that's being proposed. Again, I think it needs to be tweaked. Tweaked, and I'll say this regarding Dean Heil You know, everybody gets on his shit. About his style of wrestling, it's but you know what? Rules. He's doing this with it's it's, it's within the rules, mm-hmm. and you know what? He's gone four one one with one more year left, so he's wrestling within the rules. It's working for him. He's winning titles. He's winning matches, and he's on board with the rules being changed. He says they need to be changed, but he's also like, look, until you change the rules, I'm going to continue yeah. to wrestle within these and rules. I mean, he's still
1: going to be a fine wrestler for sure. And it's funny; it's it's the same thing as what they did with Jesse Delgado. Yeah, when um, when you know when they they made the out of bound rules different when he used to kind of stalemate and the out of bounds, and it's funny the, the NCAA can deny it all they want, but they're they're making changes based off of a very small amount of wrestlers,
0: right? They really are. But I do think, look, I don't think this is one of them. They're not making this rule just because of Dean Hyland right. You a lot see, of see, this. see this? Yeah, this is happening um, in multiple matches with multiple different wrestlers uh, all the time. Guys are exposing their back for long periods of time without being penalized. Minutes? For it. Yeah, sure, for <laughs> sure, minutes. for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's a great step because we've both bitched about how you know you shouldn't and I agree with you you shouldn't be able to just lay on your back, hold a leg and it not count against you at all, but whether or not it's control or not, I don't know We'll see I think there's a difference between if a guy can't move literally if they're if they're talking about what was what was the word they said stationary stationary if a guy's stationary can't move and they start to the count, and the guy's like, well, f- shit, I can't move." And then that's two, in my opinion. As I soon agree. as he can't get off his back, that's two. I agree. But if a guy can move, but he just not can't quite get to the 90, but he's still coming out somewhere, then you know I'm not sure that's quite control. Especially if the other guy can advance, right? You know, When you think when you have control, you have the ability to advance in some way too, right? right. When you take somebody down. It's the same thing with the Merkel situation that they've been kind of looking at. You get a Merkel, but all of a sudden you can't do anything else. You with can't it. do anything. From so how is that control? Right. No, I agree. You
0: know, I so. agree. So I think we uh, obviously we're both in agreement. Great start for this rule. Um, a couple of the other let's let's wrap up this. We're kind of getting a little longer in this podcast. Sure, than we ahead, wanted man. to a um, couple of the other rules that they're uh, looking to, you know, kind of propose. We've already touched base on the uh, the deadline for a wrestler to be down at the lowest weight. Um, I think removing that deadline is, is, a, is a great idea. Makes sense to me. Um, I, I, I think that. Uh. Um, you know they're going to coaches who want to indicate using that they want video review is now going to be throwing a red or green foam brick into the competition what do you think circle. About that? I mean, I, I think they probably thought it was unsafe when Brands threw a flag uh, <laughs> on a flagpole into the middle of the match. <laughs> so they're like, we gotta get, we gotta give the Brands boys a give foam, get night, them a foam brick. But at the same
1: time, though, couldn't that be like? Are, I mean are you throw it into a circle What if a guy slips on it Because you're still moving in action And you throw it out there
0: Isn't that what they do in freestyle Yeah
1: but I mean The Russians will freaking throw it out there As soon as it moves going And then pull it back If, if it goes their way
0: I, I, yeah, I, I can mean, see
1: – look, you've seen the Russians do that, well,
0: right? What's the idea behind this? Is it so they can indicate we need to stop this right yes, now because I want right this review? So okay, then obviously there's been an issue with it. There, there's, there's been people who are trying to signal, I want a review. How how many times have we watched coaches yep. wave a flag for 45 right seconds?
1: The, but the thing is, though, they say they're, we're not going to give you the review until – um, the, you know, until the action has ceased in that particular gotcha. movement, gotcha. I'm concerned about somebody throwing something on the playing field while action is still going. Mm-hmm. One, because there there could potentially be injury, not because you get hit with the phone break, but if you slip on something, that's not what so much I'm concerned about. Two, the ref seeing that phone break and immediately stopping it when somebody's working to a position that could potentially completely negate the the review call
0: my biggest beef with this rule is why a foam brick just give him a brick to throw yeah, give, out there
1: yeah if you're gonna, if you're if you're gonna throw a brick just throw a brick. It, throw a brick at the end at throw, the ref at An- angel herrera or whatever her name is he <laughs> didn't give two for bojo just kidding angel we love
0: you all right so um you want to talk about anything else no i think that's you good think for today good? man i think we're good look bottom line is um as indicated on social media uh, media outlets um i think the the um The response to these proposed rule changes have been nothing but positive. Um, I think they did a bang-up job this year. I love it. They're they're recognizing, they're identifying and recognizing um, situations that obviously need to be changed, need to be improved to keep the sport growing, um, keep it moving forward. So love what they're doing there. Um, What do you got, Ben? Anything else?
1: Nothing, man. It was awesome to just talk some wrestling with you for, for an hour.
0: It's good to be back. All right, guys. And gals, that's all we got for you. Episode number 22 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. And I've got someone here that would like to leave you with just a little bit of advice. My name is Sophia, and like my daddy always says, don't wind up on your back, bro.